Dude, we don't care who listening and who not listening. About a little pacer pod. All right, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Pacers Pod. It's uh, Sunday afternoon, about a month from the beginning of training camp for the Indiana Pacers, and I'm just getting back on here because I've been doing some thinking about the Pacers, and want to go through. A couple thoughts um, about most of the guys on our roster next year. Um, Because I was thinking, you know, most of the guys on our team, I feel like probably in their minds think that the best years of their career are ahead of them. Um, And I was thinking, well, I wonder if that's, common for most teams because uh, the Pacers are a particularly a very young team, which is uh, something that I haven't really thought given much thought about. Uh, but it's kind of encouraging to think about how young the Pacers actually are. And they're already, you know, projecting to be this good. And I think they're being underrated in um, kind of all the most of the NBA talk. Although I did hear Stephen A. Smith was like, people need to recognize the Pacers on the Bill Simmons podcast. He said that. And I, you know, obviously I I think I think that the Pacers are being underrated out there. Like even without Oladipo to start the season, um I think this team's gonna be really good. And I think they have a, a chance to to be as competitive as any other team in the Eastern Conference. Because uh, I was looking at other teams in the Eastern Conference, and they have some, they've got some serious flaws. And I, I'm going to probably do a little bit more, like maybe as this we get closer to the season, do like uh, a podcast about some of the other teams in the league. But I was just looking, and you know, Boston, for example, yeah, they look really good, but they don't have any big guys. Their best big guy is Enos Cantor. And then it's a steep drop to like Grant Williams or, uh, you know, it's not very good. I mean, they've got, I guess, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown could play the four. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's not like that means that they're going to suck. It just means that they, I think they, I think Boston's vulnerable, at least at that spot. They don't have any bigs. I looked at Milwaukee and I'm just like, well, you know, they don't have like they don't have that much talent around Giannis. Now Giannis is incredible, but it's Middleton, Bledsoe, who was, you know, awful in the playoffs this past year, and the Lopez brothers. I think they're starting shooting guards Wesley Matthews, which, you know, Pacers fans, we know about Wesley Matthews. He's a good player, but He's kind of a liability as a starting shooting guard most nights. Um, I think Brogdon and Oladipo would eat the lunch of Eric Bledsoe and Wesley Matthews. 
I think I so I think I think that the Bucks would be vulnerable to the Pacers there. Um, who else? You know, like the Seventy Sixers. They're the Seventy Sixers are tough. I we I don't know what it's gonna look like for them without Jimmy Butler next year because it's gonna take a big step by Ben Simmons, I think, um, and also Tobias Harris. To uh, but the Seventy Sixers are to me the scariest team out there. They're fucking scary. They got they're so big. Embiid, Horford. I mean, just having Ben Simmons be six nine and play point guard, it just it fucks everything up. But but the Seventy Sixers don't have a lot of depth, and Simmons still can't shoot threes. I like the, I mean, everyone says that. I like the addition of Horford. I do like the, I mean, Horford's incredible. Um, but it will be, I, it'll be interesting, this team. I mean, I'm not sold on them, but I could definitely see how they could be good. Josh Richardson could be so good for them. And um, Tobias Harris is a good player. But I could also see there's a chance that maybe the 76ers could implode. Like they might, I think they're, they're going to be either really good or not very good. Uh, yeah, but, so I, what was I saying? I guess, you know, I just think that the, the Pacers have a chance against a lot of the teams in the East, uh, if that, if they, if they end up having a season that I think they're capable of having, um, so that's, uh, that's that. So yeah, let's see, couple, couple thoughts about. Like the guys on the guys on our squad. So, going into next year, I just want to start with Miles Turner. So Turner, he's got to be looking at next season, thinking, "All right, um, it's I want to get my recognition." You know, he seems like a guy who really, you know, really wants to kind of start getting the accolades. Um, and he just racked it up. He got blocks, led the league in blocks last year. Uh, but he kind of got snubbed on the defensive player of the year voting. Uh, so I think next year, you know, Turner's going to be coming in like, I want to get that defensive player of the year. Uh, if not get the award, you know, at least be recognized as, as somebody who's viable for it. And I also think Turner's probably got to be thinking he's going to be an all-star. And when you look across the East at the big guys, there's Embiid, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to, I guess I'm not going to, I'm not really prepared to go through the, the big guys. I, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe he's got a chance. I, I, that's something to look into. I don't know how many good big guys there are in the East. I'm just not really thinking of many of them right now, but uh, anyways, uh, I'm thinking Sabonis or not, sorry, it's not Sabonis, but, but Turner, you know, he's, he's probably got his eyes set on being an all-star. I think he's got a chance. Um, Cause you know, he's 23 so it's like, what, what, are, what are the improvements that he's going to make to his game? And then also, he's getting that experience playing with Team USA, which is pretty cool. It looks like he's going to be the starting center uh, for Team USA. Uh, that's pretty exciting. He's playing out there with a lot of Boston Celtics guys, uh, Donovan Mitchell from the Jazz, just a lot of the good young players in the league. So it's, it's got to feel good for Turner to be out there amongst those guys and to be a starter. Um, he had the game just recently when he had like 15 points and 14 rebounds in 18 minutes, in 18 minutes. So 
uh, I I've only watched a half of the half one half of the other game, so I'm not I, I'm not going to speak to how good he's playing. But those are some cool numbers, and I think it's just good for Turner to be out there uh, playing with Team USA. He's going to come back to to Indianapolis, you know, put that Pacer jersey back on, and he's going to be looking to uh, uh, to to go at some guys. You know, I think he's going to be I think Turner's going to be uh, ready to get aggressive. He's going to be ready for the Pacers to start uh, winning some games. So I'm really excited about Miles. I really, really want him on my fantasy team next year. Um, the problem is I play with a bunch of Pacer fans, and so everybody everybody wants him. So I don't know. Uh, what else? You know, Sabo- here, let's move on to Sabonis. So Sabonis, next, look, looking into next year, the biggest thing for me is how, how does he fit in as a starter? You know, uh, not just the relationship that him and Miles have in the starting lineup, but what about the entire team? And then it's like, well, you know, my ideas of our starting lineup are totally warped by last year's team, and this year's team's gonna have a way different starting lineup. So it's almost like there's nothing to, there's not really gonna be anything to compare it to. So it's just like, this is the new team, this, this is the new look, this is our new starting five, and this is kind of ground zero, I think, as far as the, the Turner Sabonis um, working out. I, I think that's just kind of like not really. Um, I guess it is part of the conversation still. But if we commit to having Sabonis just be the starting power forward. I think we just stick to our guns, at least for this whole year, just stick to it. They're both 23. Um, the other thing about Sabonis is this is the year that he needs to get paid. So the same way that the Pacers paid Turner last year, now it's time to pay Sabonis. I don't know for sure. I would, I I think that we can, I think we can offer him like a similar deal that we offered miles, which is like four years, 80 million range. And I think it'd be great. I think it'd be if, if Sabonis did sign it. Um, and then you're looking at. The, those are our big four moving forward. Brogdon, Sabonis, Turner, and Oladipo. So, you know, also for Sabonis going into next year, it's like, what kind of improvements is he going to make? Like, he is, he was so good last year, uh, so often. He just kind of, he didn't have that great of a playoffs, but, um, you know, the entire season, Sabonis just felt like the, the spark plug off the bench for us. Um, him and that Corey Joseph, uh, they, they did a lot of good stuff for the Pacers last year. And so anyways, looking, looking ahead to next year for Sabonis, how does he, what is he like as a starter? That's, that's what I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, next it's like Malcolm Brogdon. So Brogdon's 26 years old, I believe 26, maybe 27, just got paid by the Pacers. Uh, so four, what was it? I think a four year. $85 million deal that he's now with the Pacers on. Um, and, you know, Brogdon, this is, he's going to be in an elevated role, like right off the bat, because I don't anticipate Oladipo playing to start the season. And so you got Brogdon, who's going to be doing, mo- having the ball in his hands most of the time. Um, he's going to be asked to make most of the plays. And this is something that's been different for him. That's not that wasn't his role in uh, Milwaukee, but 
and this is what I'm, this is why I'm so excited too about Brogdon is like in his limited role in Milwaukee because Milwaukee obviously had Giannis who took I mean who who had the ball a ton. Then they had uh, Middleton, an All Star, had the ball a ton. Then they have uh, Bledsoe, you know, point guard, has the ball a ton. And so Brogdon really was kind of like the fourth fiddle there. And he still managed to average 15 points a game on 50, 40, 90 shooting uh, while guarding the other team's best player. It seemed like at least, at least, you know, guarding Kawhi in the playoffs. It's like, shit, this guy, this guy could be really, really good um, given more opportunity. And that's, I think, what the Pacers are going to give him, and especially to start the season. I, I, I think Brogdon... He could average 20 points. <laughs> he could average 20, uh, like seven assists. I don't know. It's just going to be interesting to see Brogdon. I don't, and maybe it's not even, he doesn't even need to score, but he's going to be the primary ball handler. He's going to be the one making, making the Pacers go. So that's just going to be a huge question. Is he as good as I'm hoping he is or... Is he really just kind of going to be like an average point guard um, for the Pacers? Uh, I'm also lo- looking at Brogdon next year, and I'm just wondering how he's going to impact uh, the other guys on the team. Like, because he seems like someone who is just looking to get his team, make his teammates better. Uh, just the way he talked about his relationship to uh, Victor as a leader, and. I think I think that guys like Turner and Sabonis and really the whole team should be impacted uh, greatly with Brogdon being on the team this year. So, okay, <laughs> that got gross. That I was talking about Brogdon way too way too much there. Um, <laughs> but, anyways, I'm just so excited for the season to start. That that's really what this comes down to, and. I just, I just have this feeling that Brogdon's going to be so good for the team and the Pacers are going to just be, you know, top, in, top of the Eastern Conference, the cream of the crop. But we'll have to just wait and see. Still got a couple months. Okay, so then these next two guys, they, go, they kind of go hand in hand in a lot of ways. So it's TJ Warren. If I'm, if I'm TJ Warren, I'm thinking... All right, I've proven myself to be a dominant scorer when I, given the opportunity, maybe he's had a couple of 40 point, at least a 40 point game, Um, you know, but he's been playing for the Phoenix Suns his whole career. Uh, Suns have not been good at all. So it's kind of like, they're kind of empty stats in a way. I don't necessarily believe that. It just it's like, okay, but the games are never close, and it just doesn't feel like that necessarily translates to playoff basketball. So, especially for like a guy like T.J. Warren, um, I think this year in particular is really important in his career because he's entering his prime. I think he's 26, 27 right there. Uh, the Pacers signed him. I, oh, man. I need to learn. I don't know what that contract was, but I know it was at least for two years. Um, and like, you know, for him, he's just going to think like I'm coming in and I've got the opportunity to, to be a starter on a playoff team now. 
Uh, this year, I, like the Pacers are going to make the playoffs, and there's a good chance that TJ Warren will be the starting small forward. Uh, and so for him, it's like, okay, man, how can you just be the greatest role player? Um, like, be one of the really, really impactful, great role players. Like, like be, ag- be aggressive on offense when we need you to be and make your shots. Like, like he's a crazy good scorer. So I'm thinking, like, TJ, like, he'll probably have a couple 20-point games, but, like, he might end up averaging, like, around 14. To me, that would be a really good number for him. Uh, but what I would really like to see would be good defense, you know, if, because he's 6'8", and that's an area where I feel like the Pacers are kind of vulnerable right now is that, um, like, how are we going to stop Giannis factor? Uh, last year we had Thad Young. This year we don't. So I don't know. I mean, what what is TJ Warren? Is he going to be, like, would he be our first our first crack at Giannis? If so, uh, he needs to be uh, become a lot better on defense. Um, but I'm excited for TJ Warren, man. I think he's going to be a really fun player to root for. Um, yeah, but that's what it's going to be like. I, like. I hope that he strives to be more like um, like a J.J. Redick or a P.J. Tucker or Harrison Barnes, like those type of uh, kind of proven role players, like guys. It's like, well, they're kind of like stars, but they just they've got they're on team. They're on a team with other good guys. So they're not stars. And so that's what I think T.J. Warren needs to embrace is just say, like, hey, I'll be our fifth option or a fourth out, whatever. Like, I'll get mine when I need to. Um, but I just hope he doesn't come in thinking, like, he's going to, you know, have a career average in scoring. Because if he thinks he's going to come in and go from 18 points a game last year to 21, that might be a problem for the Pacers. So hopefully he understands that that's not what uh, his role is on this team, in my opinion. All right. Next, Jeremy Lamb. Very, very similar similar situation. And a lot of it is the fact that, you know, this these are the guys that are, are part of the new team. And uh, I think Jeremy Lamb has the chance to be like one of those six-man guys that is just a spark plug off the bench. Like we needed some offensive punch, and it comes in the form of a six-five shooting guard named Jeremy Lamb. Uh, coming off the bench to torch torch the second team uh, perimeter defenders, like because Jeremy Lamb could do that. He averaged over fifteen last year uh, with Charlotte going up against starters. Uh, he's a good three point shooter. He's long. He's one of those guys who's entering his prime. Seems like so many of these players: Lamb, Warren, Brogdon, Oladipo. Um, you know they're going into going into their prime. Uh, and I would wish the same thing that I wished upon TJ Warren to Jeremy Lamb, like embrace being a very great role player and like embrace your role. We want, what do we want from Jeremy Lamb? You know, we just want Jeremy Lamb to, uh, like, we don't need him to average 18 a game. Same thing with like TJ Warren. It's like, we can't like last year, you know, Lamb averaged 15. Hopefully he doesn't think this year he's going to come in and average 16. Um, anyways, that's to me, that's that's what's going to be interesting to see with Lamb. 
uh, is does he have that spark plug punch? I think he'll he'll probably start the season as the starting shooting guard in place of Oladipo. But then when Oladipo comes back and Lamb moves to the role that I see him probably being in as the long as this new pacer era begins, it's like Lamb's going to be one of our one of the first guys off of our bench. In my in, is what I kind of see. Uh, and he's he's got a really good ceiling, like as far as he's got potential. He's he's really good. Him and TJ Warren, man. Both of those guys are really good players. So if they embrace this role, it's like, geez, this team could be really good. Really good. Um next, you know, go Gavitatse. What the the main thing that I'm hoping for next year with Goga is I hope that he can earn quality minutes. Like I would love to, I would, it would be, a, it, this year would be a success in my opinion for Goga if it's the first round of the NBA playoffs, the Pacers are the four seed going up against uh, the Brooklyn Nets as a five seed and Goga plays like 16 minutes a game. Like if he's part of the rotation, even if he's not like super good yet, but if he's just out there contributing, getting minutes, able to play um, first year as a rookie, to me that would be that would be fine. And, and I wouldn't necessarily think the season was a, a bust. I think he's got this potential that's way more hot that could be higher than that. But my my hope is that it doesn't go anything worse than that. And that that Goga just earns those quality minutes and that he spends all year pushing Domas and Miles and, you know, making those guys keep getting better and better and better to keep, uh, keep holding on to their position. That's, that's, I think, ultimately what would be one of the best strengths that Goga brings is that, uh, that fire underneath our, our starters. And so I also think Goga would be, is going to be awesome coming off the bench and he could be a spark plug the same way that Jeremy Lamb is. Uh, so that'll be cool. Um, and then really it's like, man, those are, when you look at it, I just, I've gone through, uh, six guys. I haven't got to Oladipo yet. That makes seven. All seven of those players are, uh, I would say like definitely starter potential. Well, I guess maybe not. I'm jumping the gun on Goga. Anyways, I'm just, I'm just saying that the Pacers have some, uh, some really impressive depth in my opinion. And then because next it's like, all right, after we go seven deep, who do we got? Who's our eighth man? How about, and this is debatable, but uh, I, I'm going to go with this guy because I think that he offers us the highest upside. And that would be if our eighth man is Justin Holiday. Justin's going to be the oldest guy on the team, 30 years old. Um, to me, Justin's role is going to be to really put pressure on TJ Warren and Jeremy Lamb and make sure that those guys are uh, keeping those minutes that they are kind of slotted into honest. Uh, because if I'm Justin Holiday, I'm coming into this situation, I'm thinking, uh, you know, I'm at the peak of my career, I mean, 30 years old. He's just kind of, he's, he's gonna be on a playoff team. He won a championship with the Warriors. Maybe he could figure out a way to capstone uh, or like, you know, uh, end his career with the with the championship. That yeah, that was uh, that would be cool um, if if that ends up happening. But yeah, just pushing you know pushing T J Warren and Jeremy Lamb in practice, 
and also just playing well, I think is going to be great. And then the, the like to me, um, Justin Holiday, if he embraces his defensive abilities, and and I think he could be a leader on this team as far as defensive pressure uh, from the wing position. And like I said, I think that's one of that's going to be one of the holes of this Pacers team. So we're kind of counting on T.J. Warren. Um, I don't know. Are we counting on like Sabonis to try to guard Giannis? Um, that's what I'm saying. Maybe Justin Holiday could be a potential piece of the solution uh, because of his length, because of his quickness. Um, I don't think Justin can necessarily guard Giannis, definitely not straight up, but uh, he might have a, 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 I think he's got a good, a good, uh, a good chance to help us out a lot this year as a defensive guy. And then also he can shoot threes. So that'll be nice. And then once again, just speaking to the depth of the Pacers, ninth man, Aaron Holiday. When I think about Aaron next year, uh, Aaron obviously is a really good scorer. I think that that's his strength. I think uh, his Aaron's peak would be like a twenty point per game uh, point guard. But I'm not saying he's ever going to get to that. But that's kind of what his his strength is more of like getting the ball in the hoop. That's why he takes a lot of shots. Um, but he's also he's pretty good at uh, hitting shots. Um, but I think that next year for Aaron Holiday, it's going to be how can he affect the game with his playmaking and his shooting ability and not rely so heavily on just getting points to be impactful. Because we just have so many weapons this year. Um, like, there's not really just going to be a spot for Holiday to to just come in and chuck, you know, like, because we're going to have, once Oladipo's back, we're going to have Jeremy Lamb and Goga Patatze and, you know, Justin and McDermott. And those guys on the bench, like, Aaron's going to have to be impactful as a system player this year. And that's going to be kind of a letdown, um, I think, because we want to see what he can do. Um, so, but that's that, but to me, I think it's like, well, that's okay. Like, this is just a good, this is a chance for him to, we still want Aaron to shoot when he's open and to attack when he's got the opportunity, but just add another dimension to your game where you're looking to set other guys up as well. And then that just makes them more beneficial to our team, ultimately. So, and with, with holiday, so basically, you know, I'm saying I want him to be a, uh, to be more than just a scorer, also be a playmaker. And then winning minutes over TJ McConnell, because I think that TJ McConnell is basically, it's it's like we're going to throw Holiday out there probably to start and see how he does. And if it's not really going, like, like if he's if he's only shooting and the shots aren't falling, then you might bring in uh, McConnell uh, and maybe ride ride uh that a little bit more than just you know with than just aaron but i'm excited for holiday but it's gonna be 
that's the thing with this team. I just like, it's like Aaron Holiday, TJ Leaf, Edmund Sumner, Alize Johnson. All, all four of those guys, like I really had interest in uh, seeing how they would be next year as young, as young players. But the way that the Pacers handled their offseason, it's like now those four guys are all, they're the very bottom of the depth chart. And it's just hard to, it's hard to really make a suggestion on, on how they're going to play or what you want to see from them because you just know that they're not really going to have the minutes. So, but I think one guy that who is going to get minutes, and this would be our, well, let's see, this would be number 10. So I'm, I'm, we got Dougie McBuckets. I think with the addition of Holiday and Lamb and Warren, it's like, oh man, you kind of, McBuckets got buried, uh, buried on the depth chart. But I, I still expect the big things from, from McDermott. He's still got two years left on his contract with the Pacers. Uh, I hope he's part of this thing. I think the Pacers got something special. And I think McBuckets could be uh, valuable for us uh, this year and next year, not only just uh, throughout the regular season, helping us just win games, helping steady that second unit, uh, just have that veteran presence. Uh, but I think individually, I, I want McDermott to, to, to really, as he enters his prime, because he's another guy, he's like 25, 26, he's going into his prime. Does, does he have anything left to improve? And if so, which I think he does, it's going to be that uh, becoming more of a reliable shooter. He's shown flashes of that in his career. Like he, I know he shot over 40% from three. I, I, like I, I want to I, well, I'm, yeah, I, I want to say it was over like one or two seasons, but he's, he's been close at 50, 40, 90 um, in different years in those categories. Uh, so if he could put that together and really just like, he's probably going to get four to six shot attempts a game, but just bury them all. You know, that's all I would ask. Just make every shot, McBuckets. Uh, if you do that, then I'm going to be happy with you out there. Um, if you don't, I don't know. You know, it'll be kind of a season like we had this last year where it's like, well, all right. But <coughs> the good news is there is that that's, he's our 10th man at this point. Then we got TJ McConnell at 11. Uh, McConnell, he's going to be one of those guys that's just an extension of the leadership that is coming from Nate McMillan, that's coming from Oladipo, Brogdon, those guys that are just there to kind of like push the culture. To me, that's McConnell. He's going to just be the guy that's, he's like the Rudy. He's the Rudy of the Pacers. And if, uh, He's also, to me, like an insurance policy for Aaron Holiday next year. In case, in case Aaron doesn't, I don't know. It, like, it'll just be interesting to see how that second unit plays. Um, if you have Aaron Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, Doug McBuckets, um, TJ Leaf, Goga Batatze, I guess that would be your, your second five. Um, there's not really a spot there for McConnell, but if Holiday doesn't necessarily fit some nights or whatever, I mean, there's, I think there's going to be minutes for TJ McConnell and he's a guy that's played well in the playoffs. I mean, and, and so I don't, 
I might be really kind of undervaluing TJ McConnell. He actually may end up being more like our eighth man. I don't know. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, then we got TJ Leaf. Well, if you're TJ Leaf going into next season, you just got to basically be thinking, all right, I just got to be aggressive when the minutes are given to me because he really, this is his last chance to show something, to show that he has uh, staying power, I guess, in the NBA. It's like he's not a bad player, um, but... I don't know. This is I think that this is the last year on his rookie deal with the Pacers. So I would I don't I would have a hard time believing that at this point, the Pacers plan on re-signing TJ Leaf. Um, so that's why if you're TJ, when you if you when you get some minutes, you got to you got to show it. You know, you really do. And. Unfortunately, there's a lot of other guys on this team that I want to see shoot more than TJ Leaf, so I might be. Um, hopefully rooting for him to just kind of stay on the bench unless he's, unless he ends up being really good, but um, we'll see. He's definitely showed some, uh, he, he showed that he had the ability to like uh, get to the hole. Sometimes he could shoot the three a little bit. Um, he's not bad, but I don't know. That's uh, that's basically it for TJ leaf. Uh, then you got Sumner and basically with him to me, I'm just thinking he's what he's bringing us next year is perimeter defensive pressure and the ability to put put guys on skates and take guys off the dribble. That's what I want to see him do whenever he's in the game. Um, and then Alize Johnson, I don't really know much like as far as what he can offer us this year, but maybe he could be a really good defensive guy and that because he's got the body that, you know, maybe there's a chance he might be the best option to guard Giannis. I don't know. Um, and if he is, then I would root for Alize to, to be able to um, develop into that, to develop into that role and take that on. That'd be cool. Even if it was just for like, I don't know, five minutes in the playoffs or something, just like throw another body at Giannis uh, fresh body. So that's what I would hope for Alize next year. And then Sumner, really, he's just providing us a little bit of scoring depth in case maybe like, really, we just, we're loaded though with scores with the Holiday Brothers and Jeremy Lamb and Warren and Brogdon, Turner, Sabonis, Goga, all these guys, man, everybody's going to want to score. Very good. All right. What else? Oh yeah. Last but not least, Victor Oladipo. Next year for Vic, it's just like, all right, man, get recovered from this injury. I hope that we end next season without any um, concerns or like the worst thing would be if he comes back and then it, and then like 10 days later, he kind of hurts it, tweaks it again, but he can still play, but it's a problem and it just kind of lingers. Hopefully he's able to just come back um, and feel good and and feel good and then just take this year to get back into NBA shape, you know? Uh, and then hopefully if, if Oladipo could come back soon enough and he's able to feel good soon enough, he might be back in NBA shape to start the playoffs. And then it's like, 
the last thing that I would ask of Victor this year is to lead this team to a first round series win against whomever the opponent may be. Um, <clears throat> best case scenario, I think the Pacers, you know, end up winning. Uh, I'm just, you know, I'll just say it. best case scenario, they end up being number one in the East. Who knows? Maybe Philly, Philly, fill apart. Maybe Philly falls apart. Uh, I don't think there's much. There's not really a team in the East that's like guaranteed to win a bunch of games. I mean, Milwaukee's probably certain to win a bunch of games, but the Pacers could win. a eh, I don't know. Maybe I'm being too much of a homer there. But regardless, like I think the Pacers will be a top four seed next year. I think that's what they got to be shooting for. Um, and with the leadership of Oladipo and the balance of Brogdon, Turner, Sabonis, TJ Warren, Jeremy Lamb, Gogarbatatse, Justin Holiday, Victor Oladipo. Um, the Pacers win a playoff series, and then who knows? But I think bare minimum, it's like next year we got to get one. This is uh, this is the first year of the new era of the Pacers. The we got new blood in on the squad. This is this is it. We're building off of um, we're building off of what Bogey and Thad and Corey Joseph and Collison uh, helped build the past two seasons. Uh, but now it's clearly Vic, Sabonis, Turner, Brogdon, and, and the rest of the team. It's everybody, all right? And it's time that the Pacers win the series. It's got to be this year. Even if Vic comes back and um, the, the injury lingers and um, he doesn't get to play in the playoffs, I, the pace that we still got to win a series. And so that to me, that's that should be the expectations. Uh, and that's just a little bit about every guy, every player, you know, what I think about next season for them. And as a team, what should we be expecting? I don't think that's too much to ask for um, next year is to, to win a playoff series, to be a top four team in the East. Um, and then let's be ready for next season. But I think that's the I think that the Pacers also have an opportunity this year to to far exceed that that reality of of one in which they only win one playoff series. I think they could they could make a run at the uh, I think that they are a title contender. I'm just going to put it that way. I think the Pacers are a title contender. Uh, all right, going into at their best, at their best. Now, that is taking a leap, but there's a chance that I that they could be a title contender. That, um, in my opinion. So, let's see here. Uh, the NBA schedule was released. And so I was like looking at the schedule and I picked out a couple games that I think would be the best games to go to uh, this season. The first game that I think is, well, let's see. Um, I'll just get, go through the first four and then maybe I'll rank up if I want at the end. But to me, opening night at home, start of the NBA season, in Indianapolis, Bankers Life Fieldhouse, Detroit Pistons coming to town, first game of the season. 
Um, to me, this is going to be the, the most exciting game uh, in a long time, really. I think this is, this is more exciting than the playoff games last year, really. Because this is, this, this is the, the first game of this new era for the Pacers. And it's like, how, how do these new guys play? What does it look like with Brogdon as a Pacer? TJ Warren, Jeremy Lamb, Goga Batadze, Justin Holiday, all of these players. Like, uh, what about the improvements of Miles Turner and Domas Sabonis? Uh, all these questions. And the very first game of the season, it's at home, and we go up against Detroit. This is a must-watch game if you're a Pacer fan. Introduction to the new team, um, opening night, division rival. The Pistons are really a dangerous team, actually, when they're healthy. I mean, they've got Andre Drummond. He's a, I think he's been an all-star. Uh, Blake Griffin, definitely been an all-star. Um, you know, really, that's the kind of marquee matchup for, for, the, for the Pistons is, is those two guys. And it's going to be a good test for Turner and Sabonis right away. All right. It's like, all right, let's go up against uh, Griffin and Drummond. How do we fare? Um, one thing that I think is going to be super interesting, like, that we're going to see in this first game is, like, who's going to, who's going to lead the team in shot attempts? I'd love to see a poll uh, to see what, like, what would people think. Like, I, I, I think reasonable candidates, obviously, would be uh, Sabonis. And this is without Oladipo to start the season. But like Sabonis, uh, hopefully Brogdon is in that category. Um, I don't know. I, I think probably one of, the, those, one of those two, they've got to be the favorites. Uh, but then you could maybe see TJ Warren being aggressive or, um, I don't know, maybe even Miles Turner. We'll see. There's going to be a lot of balance there, though. Uh, so also, you know, with this game, it's so like that's going to be the game that's going to set the tone uh, for the season. So, well, obviously, I'm Pacers come out, beat the Pistons, um, and then they really, after that first home game, then they go on the road for three more at Cleveland, at Detroit again, and then at Brooklyn. So it's like if the Pacers are to drop that first game at home, it gets kind of scary because what if you lose the games on the road, you know, and you, and you start the season off one and four or one and three or, two, or, or, you know, something bad like that. It's like, okay, get this first game, boom, Detroit. Now you go to Cleveland and I think you've got the momentum and you can, you can get these um, away games and you start the season strong. Uh, and so that's why this next game I picked is Sunday, November 3rd. It's a home game against the Bulls. So I think that there's a chance that the Pacers could be 5-0 and headed into this game. So it's going to be hype. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of excitement around the game. And this is going to be the first homecoming for one of the guys that we lost from last year's team. So Thad Young comes back to Baker's life. Um, if the Pacers are 5-0, and I think we're going to be experiencing just a joyful crowd. Um, we're going to embrace Thad. Um, I just think that'll be a cool moment and what, and that'd be a game that I'd want to want to go see. And it turns out, I think that this is the game that I am going to go see. Uh, 
because we signed up for the Pacers 5K this year anyways. And it go, comes with a ticket to the Bulls game. And so it might be this game. Hopefully so. That'd be, that'd be cool. So, uh, yeah, the Pacers could be off to a great start. The first um, of the homecomings. So, yeah, with that young, obviously with Bogdanovich, that's going to be a good one. Corey Joseph. Uh, Wesley Matthews, I'm not sure what kind of uh, support he's going to necessarily get. He's going to be on the Bucks, And uh, the Bucks are obviously going to be uh, one of the teams that the Pacers are going to have to get through in order to uh, to live out the, uh, the title contender. Um, Kyle Quinn, kind of same thing. I, don't th- I think people will be kind of indifferent there. But those big three, Thad, Bogey, and Corey Joseph, I think I think their Indy's going to show love to those guys. Uh, the next game that I think is going to be really interesting is going to be the November twenty seventh, which is a home game against the Utah Jazz. Um, this is going to be interesting to me because this is about a quarter way through the season, um, and when you look at the Pacers' first. 16 games, you know, Victor's not, I'm, I'm anticipating Victor not being there for those games. Um, but it's, it's a pretty easy schedule in the sense that I think the Pacers could comfortably be um, 12 and four, 11 and five, maybe. Uh, so they could be off to a good start. And it's a game against the Utah Jazz, which the Jazz are going to be one of those teams that uh, potentially could be a title. The, I, the Jazz are definitely a, a title contender. If I went to say the Pacers are, the Jazz definitely are. And basically, hope I mean it's like, how do we how do we fare against against a team like this from the Western Conference? Uh, it'll be a home game, so it should be winnable. Uh, but it to me, this will be a good mark to see where do the Pacers stand against the uh, the best in the league. And then also, Fresh on our mind is going to be when's Victor coming back? If he's not back already, uh, hopefully we know by then. You know when he's coming back, and that leads me to the last game that's going to be insane. That's going to just be whatever game Oladipo comes back. So those are those are games that I'm super excited for. They do all happen to be within uh, hopefully um, 2020. Hopefully Victor comes back before uh, the new year. So I've, I I uh, did pick the four games here before the new year. But anyways, those these four games to me will be awesome, and uh, I'm super excited for those. Um, I think that's about it. I guess uh, just in case you were wondering, uh, the FIBA World Basketball Championships are going on, and so we got Miles Turner playing for Team USA. He officially made the roster, um, and I, I believe he is going to be a starter for Team USA too. Um, pretty cool. Uh, Team USA just beat Australia in a game where Turner had 15 points and 14 rebounds. Uh, but then I also saw that Team USA just lost to Australia also. Now, those are exhibition games, but um, I think the the uh, the actual tournament begins next. Like, I think the next games are actual tournament games, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then also Sabonis is uh, playing for Lithuania, and I did see headline where he he had a game with like 25 and 13 so you never know what you're going up against and and like the stats definitely don't necessarily matter that much but it's uh it's cool to see our guys playing for um you know team usa and team lithuania um and just to see 
see them like represent. I mean, these are the best players in the world in theory. Like I know a lot of guys aren't playing, but you still have good competition. Uh, like, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm excited to see these two guys, how they approach this season for the Pacers after getting this experience playing in the world championships. Like, I wonder how that'll affect them. But I think that's about all for now. Um, yeah, that's it. I'm super pumped for the Pacers season. Uh, we'll be here before we know it, two months. Um, that's going to be all. Thanks for checking out the pod. Uh, hope everybody has a great week and